0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, One God, Amen. After we spoke about the importance of love, and we said we cannot be loving without self-denial, because love is about the other, it's not about me. Then actually, if truly we love one another, and truly we denied ourselves, then the unity in the church will be very, very powerful. Because one of the obstacles to unity is the ego and the pride. In baptism, we are not individuals anymore, but we are members. We turn from individual to a member. The word individual, what does it mean? Means non-dividable, in non-dividual divide So individual means non-dividable, I cannot share with others But as a member, I am part of all I'm just a member in the body of Christ What is the importance of unity in the church? and how we can achieve the unity. Especially the Lord Jesus Christ in John chapter 17, which is his last prayer after he gives the disciples his body and his blood, his prayer that they all may be one. As you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. So our unity and our oneness will be witness to God, witness to the Holy Trinity, that the world may believe that you sent me. Let me start first by the importance of unity. Number one, Unity enrich our lives We need actually to benefit from one another And we need one another You cannot live by your own Me by myself I am weak But I am strong through you By myself I am weak But I am strong through you When we are unified together we can learn more, we can grow more, we can enjoy our life more, and our life will be enriched. That's why in the New Testament, only in the New Testament, the commandments that has one another are more than 50 commands. What do I mean? Like accept one another, love one another, forgive one another, bear the burden of one another. All these different commandments. So we have responsibility toward one another. I need you and you need me. I cannot live by myself. That's why even the principle of independence is wrong. You go ahead and I want to live independent. There is nothing called actually independence. It's called Interdependence. Interdependence means I depend on you and you depend on me. Feed dependence, that's bad. When I depend on others only. Independence, there is nothing, in reality there is nothing called independence. We need one another. But the right term is interdependence. We depend on one another and we need one another to grow. Also, when we are united, we will glorify God, as we read in Romans 15, from verse 5 to 7. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like minded toward one another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ therefore receive one another just as Christ also received us to the glory of God so he's saying may God give you to be like-minded in unity toward one another but how he described God here God of patience and comfort because in order to live in unity we need to be patient with one another long suffering with one another enduring one another that's why he said God of, of patience and comfort usually when we are working together there is insecurity there is jealousy you know I am insecure lest you, you appear better than me I am jealous of you that's why the Holy Spirit here give us the patience and comfort to overcome our insecurities to to overcome our our jealousy. So we can work together in unity. And when we are united, we will glorify God with our mind and our mouth. We can glorify God with our mouth. It's easy. But to glorify God with our mind when we are like-minded. That's why he said, Receive one another just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. So we glorify God. Many times, I ask myself this question. Can God save the world without any servants? Without any clergy? Yes, He can. Many times, we are hindrance to the service. Myself, I say many, many times, I'm hindrance to the service of God. But why God allowed us to serve with Him? To encourage us to teach us how to be united and how to together. So if Christ accepted me with all my weaknesses, with all the hindrances that I bring to the service to serve with Him, can't we accept one another and receive one another and serve with one another in a spirit of, of love and, and true acceptance? And this will bring to the third reason Why unity is important? Because it helps our witness for Christ. When we are fighting with each other, it can hurt our witness to Christ. How the people know that you are disciples of Christ? He told us that the world would know that you are my disciples if you love one another. A divided church means there is no love and if there is no love, there is no God, because God is love. So our fighting with one another is obstacle to the witness. But when we love one another, actually we create a beautiful picture for the world to see how the unity, how the oneness looks like. And it also point to the perfect harmony God intended for the whole universe you can see how the nature work in harmony together stars moon sun earth everything work in harmony together and God wants us actually to be in harmony together I remember uh, in 2012 when His Holiness Pope Shenouda departed and during this time everything in Egypt was failing everything, every organization even the government, everything was failing and the only organization, if I call it organization, that was working right was the church and during this time you know, the church, the Holy Senate met together and in the spirit of love and spirit of understanding and unity worked peacefully till the election and the nomination and the instrument of His Holiness Pope to others happened and the world was amazed how the Church in spite of all the challenges around us was strong and bore witness to Christ bore witness to what unity means even yet there was disagreement but how can we overcome this disagreement in a spirit of love and unity and the world was amazed the non-Christian with, with asking, tell us how you are doing this. Because everything you thing in Egypt was failing at the time. Except the church. Thanks be to God. That's actually will help our witness and empower our witness. We demonstrate to the whole world how the whole world it should be. This actually the intention of God for the whole universe to be in this perfect harmony. And the last point, as the Lord said, a house divided itself will be brought to desolation. So if there is no unity, then there is desolation. If there is no unity, there is no edification. If there is no unity, then Satan will have a lot of areas to, to work and to spread the divisions and to, to spread challenges among the believers. For all these reasons, we as servants, we should actually work in unity together. And as I said, without self-denial and without love, to have unity will be a big, big challenge. What are the practical steps to create unity or to maintain the unity in the church? Number one, remember your common identity. Yes, we may disagree on, on many, many things. And disagreement is healthy. Disagreement means we have different visions and we can complement one another. But there is, we have one common goal that all of us, we are Christian. That's our common identity. We are Christian. Adopted to the family of God. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse 28, St. Paul says, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave or free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus Christ. Yes, in the family of God There are different cultures Different tongues Different backgrounds But all of us We are one Oneness doesn't mean We cancel our identity Or who we are But oneness means We work in harmony With one another As they say in the marriage The two shall become one But usually the question Which one it doesn't mean, and one will disappear. It doesn't mean this, but it means both of them, they will complement one another. It will be like a circle. Inside this circle, there are two other circles united together. This doesn't cancel or, or delete the other person. St. Paul explained it in his letter to Philippians when he said, being like-minded having the same love being one in spirit and of one mind one mind, one spirit like-minded, like-minded doesn't mean the same exact thoughts and ideas but complementing one another this is number one remember your common identity who are Christians members in the body of Christ number two Acknowledge your need for the community, for the body of Christ. As I said, we need one another. We need other Christian in our church to help us to work through difficult time in our life and to rejoice together when things are going great. We need others to help us to see areas where we need to grow and to pray for us. We need others to help us to see the blind spots in our life. We need to acknowledge this need. When we acknowledge our need for one another, we will do our best to live in unity. I cannot afford losing the unity. I cannot afford losing all of you because I need you. So when actually we acknowledge our need for one another, then we will strive and fight in order to preserve this unity. And what it takes, it will take love and humbleness, love and self-denial, in order to live together. This takes me to the third point, which is be humble. Be humble when we are humble and when we are gentle with one another the unity can be maintained one of the major obstacles to the unity is our ego in philippians chapter 2 verses 3 and 4 saint paul is saying let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself let each of you look out not only for his own interests but also for the interests of others if we put this principle not through selfish ambition or conceit but in lowliness of mind I'm not better than you my idea is not better than you let each esteem others better than himself Let each of you look out not only for his own interest I, In the community, I'm not looking for my own interest But also for the interest of others Why many families fail? Because the, if each one starts to look for his own interest or his own interest That's what St. James explained in James chapter 4 Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure? Do you remember when I said self-denial is not to please yourself? When I want to please myself, then wars and fights will happen. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? I want to please myself, my interest first. I come first, you lust and do not have, you murder and covet and cannot obtain your fight and war and you do not have because you don't ask, be humble. One time they asked St. Anthony the Great, how I can deal with difficult brothers? So he said, love and humbleness subdue the beasts love and humbleness subdue the beasts, I Mean, if there is a person like a beast and you treat him with love and humbleness, you will subdue this person. I'm sure all of you know the story of Ma'alim Ibrahim and Gohari and his brother when a non-Christian used to attack his brother and Ma'alim Ibrahim, how he handled the situation, he showed this person love generosity, humbleness, forgiveness. Then actually, instead of insulting and cursing, Ma'alim Gergis the brother of Maalim ibrahim he started to praise him. And Ma'alim said to his brother, I, because he told him, cut his tongue, because he was like a prime minister. He told him, I cut the tongue of evil. how through the love and humbleness. Number four, embrace the differences. Yes, we are different, and we expect to be different. Can you imagine if your body is only eye, or only ear, or only nose? Do you think the body would function as its function right now? Can you imagine if all our organs are just eye, or all our organs are just ear? Definitely. This whatever being will have zero functionality. And when St. Paul in 1st Corinthians spoke about the unity in the church, he spoke about unity through diversity. Unity through diversity. And he used the human body as a metaphor for the church. And the body is comprised of different parts, all of which serve their own function. Every member, actually, in the church has his own service, his own calling. And we actually support one another. Also, each one of us has his own weakness and strength. And we actually benefit from the strength of others and we support the weakness. Of others look at the cosmos at the universe if the whole cosmos is just Sun there is no moon moon there is no Sun earth there is no Sun and moon do you think the cosmos would have the functionality that we have it and we enjoy it definitely not so yes there is diversity but this diversity work together in harmony. That is the unity. That is the unity. In the morning Zoxology, every morning the Church reminds us about the importance of the unity. And we say, behold how beneficent and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. United In the true Evangelic love Like the apostles It's like the fragrant oil On the head of Christ Running down the beard Down to the feet So this Evangelic love Will be like the Fragrant oil What's the fragrant oil? When they anoint a priest In the Old Testament They pour oil on his head this fragrant oil which represents the Holy Spirit on the head of Christ because that is the church and Christ is the head and we are the members. So this oil, the Holy Spirit anoint Christ as Christ was anointed in the day of baptism the head of the church and then running down the beard down to the feet. So the Holy Spirit is anointing the other members members in the church of God because we are His body that anoints every day the elders, the children, young men, and the deacons they are anointed every day by the Holy Spirit those whom the Holy Spirit has attuned together as a strength and instrument always blessing God by psalms and hymns and spiritual songs by day and night with an incessant heart that is the picture of the church Beautiful picture, the Holy Spirit every morning is anointing every one of us with different talents, with different gifts, and we serve one another. And this unity actually needs prayer. I want you to pay attention to this response. In the reconciliation prayer, the deacon says, pray for the perfect peace, love, and holy apostolic greetings. So the deacon is asking us to pray for the greeting. So the greeting will be without blemish. The greeting will come from a pure heart. The greeting will come with a genuine love. The greeting will come with forgiveness. Pray for perfect peace, love and the holy apostolic greeting. That's why in every Divine liturgy, the kiss of peace is very, very important. It's a symbol of our unity. The symbol that we are one. We are one. Also in the first hour of the Egbeya, the church reads to us every morning this part from St. Paul Epistle from Ephesians chapter 4. Either for the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. How? What does it mean? to to walk worthy of the calling with all lowliness and meekness with long suffering bearing with one another in love endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace why there is one body one spirit just as you were called in one hope of your calling one lord one faith one baptism if we believe that god is one and his body is one and the church is one then we should be one, in spite of our differences. Number five, believe the best in others. Believe the best in others. Sometimes we assume the worst about other people. Once we assume the worst about other people, then we will experience disunity. Love does not assume bad intentions. Many times, we have negative interpretation about the intention of others, and one of the worst things in relationship in general is the negative interpretation. When our interpretation are worse than the reality, why he did this, then you have this very very negative uh, analysis of the intention of the other, and sometimes who are so smart to interpret this something, and it's opposite, negative. For example, if somebody is greeting me, I say he is hypocrite. And if he's not greeting me, I say he is a hateful person. We put the other person in no one situation. Whatever he does, he's wrong. So how can we have preserve this unity? And the worst thing actually, when we believe that we have the ability to read the minds of the people and I know how to analyze personalities, I know how to read their mind and my analysis is always, always true and in reality their analysis is always, always wrong but that's what they believe about themselves, they are blind, they are blind and one of the things actually that bothers me recently very much and I mentioned in several ceremonies. Now, actually, we diagnose people, and m- maybe a, a person has no background at all in, in psychology or psychiatry. No, no, he's a narcissistic personality. No, no, he's bipolar. He's and then I start deal with this person. He's narcissistic. he is bipolar. He's borderline. He's who give you the right to to diagnose somebody else? How would you know that your diagnosis? No, no, no. I went to the internet and I read about narcissistic. Exactly, it <laughs> describes this person. It would be easy. I mean, my cousin already is like 20 years. Can you This actually definitely will break the unity in the church when we start diagnosing and labeling people with all this. Labels, negative labels number six you need to work through conflict and through disagreements it will happen sometimes we will have disagreement and sometimes the disagreement may escalate to become a conflict but we should be wise enough to resolve this conflict as soon as we can As I said yesterday, in the family meeting, this verse is very important. When Saint Paul spoke about don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. All of us know this verse. But the second part of this verse is very important. Nor give place to the devil. Nor give place to the devil. If I have conflict with another Sunday school servant, and we did not resolve this conflict as soon as we can, then we are inviting the devil to be in this relationship. And once the devil in the relationship, then we'll be divided. Satan actually divides. He works against the unity. That's why Saint Paul said, don't let the sun go down on your wrath, which means reconcile your relationship as soon as possible. This way you will not give in place to the devil. We need to go start the process of reconciliation, ask for forgiveness, be humble in order to restore and to reconcile our relationship. Number seven, check your motives. When actually conflict arises, we need to check our motives why this conflict happened what is the reason it can be ego it can be insecurity it can be jealousy it can be my personal interest there are many many motives if we are honest with our motives and we repent for the bad motives and we should not have any other motive except glory of God Salvation of others in difference my, my own salvation too. We should not have any motive except these two motives Ask yourself what is the motive why there is conflict there is a conflict here And many times actually we don't listen to one another Sometimes we are speaking the same concept but with different language And we find if we waited and we listen carefully to one another we actually can resolve our issues if there is a conflict sometimes when i'm speaking you are thinking how to respond to me so you are not listening to me and while i'm speaking you are just your mind is busy how to prepare your next point that you will say to me many times i ask the person What did I say? Did you hear me? And believe me, several times, they cannot answer this question because they are not listening Then I tell him, you are not listening to me Actually, if you listen to me you will find that I answered your concern but you, you did not listen to me You are just focusing on your agenda You are not listening to me We need to learn how to listen to one another the last point was actually very, very important. Do not gossip, do not gossip. All of us, we love to gossip. I don't know, but there's a pleasure when we speak about others and we backbite others and we gossip. And sometimes the gossip, yani, yeah, takes a gutty form. So I come to you and Allah, pray for so and so because I heard. <laughs> Yeah, so it starts by praying, I'm asking for prayer, because I heard. Or sometimes, people come Muslim in confession. Sayedna, I, I, I want to know how to deal with the person, this person who did so and so and so and so. And so. That's actually, he, he wants to present it in, in a nice way that he needs guidance. But in reality, he wants us to tell about another person. Gossiping actually destroys the unity. No matter how we frame it, the Bible makes it clear that there should be no place for gossip in the church. Any small problem or conflict can be contained. But once we start to speak about it and to gossip and one person starts to speak to another, the problem actually will increase. And sometimes it will be unresolved. If you want an excellent way to create this unity in the church, gossip. Gossip is the easiest and the most successful way to create this unity in the church. That's why when you hear somebody is gossiping, if you cannot if you cannot redirect the conversation, you can in humbleness. and and loving way can say, I don't want to hear about it I don't want to hear about it, but sometimes we have the desire to hear about it, that's a problem as I told you there is, I don't know, there is a pleasure in gossip we need to actually resist this desire in me, and I need to be strong, that's part of self denial, to be strong to say, I don't want to hear about it No matter how tempted you are to talk about another servant or a problem in the church or something happened, you should actually commit yourself to building others up rather than talking badly about others behind their back. If actually we kept these eight points, this will help to bring unity to the church. The last point i like to discuss here, what if there is disagreement? Maybe somebody will say, yes, what you are saying is will and good. But what do I do when I run into disagreement with someone in the church? And I believe that there is something wrong and has to be changed and has to be fixed. It can be disagreement about doctrine. It can be disagreement about uh, government in the church. It can be a disagreement about serious issue. How can actually we resolve the disagreement? Number one, actually, I need to categorize this disagreement. Is it about like doctrine or the truth? Of salvation or it is about politics in the church or, or management in the church or about trivial matters if it is actually about doctrines here actually St. Paul was very clear yes in a loving and in humble way but if somebody comes and teaches me another gospel I should not accept this he told them In Galatians chapter 1 verse 6 I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel which is not another but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ but even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed So Saint Paul was very clear, yes I will deal with the other person with respect, with love, (coughs) with kindness, but I will be firm. If you read the letters that Saint Cyril of Alexandria wrote to Nestorius before the excommunication of Nestorius, he actually talked to him with all respect. He addressed him, your holiness, although He was defeating his heresies, but until now, the Church did not excommunicate Nestorius. So, I want you just to see how he addressed him, with all respect, with all honor. Yes, he was defeating his heresy, but not without respect. I'm saying this because sometimes when somebody says something wrong, uh, and the Church does not say opinion yet, the attacks on this person are non-Christian and I marvel how can I defend the truth of Christianity in a non-Christian way it doesn't work this way let your light shine before men yes I need to be firm but how to explain my opinion or the church it's not about your opinion the church stand here should done with respect and with love. If regarding the management and the politics, most of us we don't know everything unless if we are in a place of leadership or authority of the church. Sometimes we, we ask a question why this happened, why this happened, and we don't know all the facts. Maybe if we know all the facts things actually will be clear in our mind but if we don't know the facts let us trust the leaders in their leadership and pray for them let's trust them and pray for them also we need to keep an open mind sometimes the disagreement happen on just different opinion and both of them can be right so how, how we can respect another opinion even if it's different than my opinion? Yani, In ministry, there are different schools. So I should not attack another servant because he is not from my school. What do I mean by different schools? Maybe one Sunday school servant, his school in service, is spirituality and asceticism. He takes the children to trips to monastery and uh, uh, he do spiritual days with his class and he spent the time with them in prayer. He gives them books to, to read, etc. etc. Maybe another school just focus on the works of charity. He take the class, feeds the homeless and visit the sick. This is the orphans, you know. I cannot say this school is right and this school is wrong. Both actually glorifying God in two different ways. In the paradise of the monks, we have St. Moses and St. Arsenius. St. Arsenius was ascetic. He loved silence. He loved to be in solitary life. And St. Moses was hospitable. When people come to the monastery, he hosts them and welcomes them and show them hospitality. One of the young monks went to an elder and asked him which way is right, Saint Arsenius or Saint Moses. And God actually revealed a vision to this young monk to see that Saint Arsenius is surrounded with angels while he was praying. And St. Moses, surrounded with angels, helping him in his hospital, which means God accepted both. So when I say, no, 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 doing all these activities are wrong. He should focus on prayer and spiritual days and monastery visits and, and. And this person said, no, he's, he's wrong. He should focus on social activities, the Lord said, or charitable work, the Lord said, I was hungry and you give me food, I was thirsty and give me drink. Then we clash with one another. We need here to have to keep an open mind that, yes, even our school, the way we serve can be different, but we complement one another. This agreement should be discussed, talked about in love, In respect, when it comes to doctrines or faith, need to be firm, need to be sharp, but in a loving way, without losing our respect. May the Lord help all of us to live in true unity, because in unity, we witness to God and glorify His name. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.